0: Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. And so I just want to tell you thank you for all those that support us here, believe in this ministry, those that are Uh, supporting us through, uh, you know, that watch through the internet, those that are here in the auditorium, we want to say thank you for your investment. And you're investing not in Ronnie and Zona, you're investing in the gospel. And uh, amen. Thank you so much. Let me give you one last thing, and I'm going to be, you know, today... The days that we live in, it's required that we come across straightforward instead of beating around the bush. Our generation cannot wait for us to beat around the bush and hint here and hint there, concerned about somebody's got a chip on their shoulder. You have to be straightforward. We have a a local election. It's already been mentioned, but I'm going to be maybe a little blunt. I'm not trying to offend you. But here again, we want to wake you up to the realities. The days are gone where you can play games with the political system. The church either has to rise to the occasion and be the influencing factor in the politics of this nation or freedom is lost. We have an opportunity for a state representative to go to represent us all of South Bear County, from Somerset all the way, uh, most of Elmendorf back up to Randolph Brooks Air Force Base. And it, it happens to include where Zona and I live as well. And it's District 118. Now, here's the point. If you come to this church... If you come to this church, you ought to know by now what the Bible says on how to vote. I'm going to say this to you gently without, but it will be straightforward. If you vote against life, you're voting death. And I don't care whether you know the candidates or not. If they have publicly stated that they are pro-death and you vote for them, you are being a hypocrite because you're over here coming to church on Sundays wanting to hear about life, but you won't even give an innocent child the opportunity to live. Well, I can see right now we need to pray and move forward. And, uh, you know, quit voting for buddies. Vote for somebody who's got some fortitude to stand up for what's right. Amen. And we've just passed a law in the state of Texas, which has turned the whole nation in turmoil, thank God. We're going to turn it right side up uh, for pro-life. And if we don't send somebody there that represents us to reinforce that, then what you're going to do is you're going to see us go back into that. Do you want us to wind up like some other states? You need to examine the states and where the politics stands, and you will begin to examine. If you vote pro-death, listen carefully. If you vote pro-death, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be death to your families. It'll be death to your social social, uh, justice. It will be death to your finances, and it will be death to your physical body. Okay. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, are are you Republican or Democrat? No, I am Bible. And I'm going to align my vote with whoever is going to line up with the Bible. Somebody asked me the other day, are you Republican or Democrat? I am a conservative Bible thinker, <laughs> okay? And that's, that's all I need to say, and let's move on. But I want you, I, I'm going to be blunt with you about it. If you voted the wrong way and God starts convicting you, just repent. <laughs> Ask him to forgive you and say, Lord, I was ignorant and stupid, and I'll repent, and I won't vote that way again. Something's happening with the politics of our nation and you need to get on the right side of this because in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 31, this is what it says. The righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, not when you get to heaven, in the earth. Listen carefully, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. Much more the wicked and the sinner. So we're all waiting till the hereafter and God says there's going to be some recompense in the earth. That's why you got to get on the right side of this. And, and quit calling yourself a Christian. And I'm not saying that, that that's you. I don't know. But we got to quit calling ourselves Christian. If we don't believe the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It's infallible. In other words. It always works. It doesn't fail. What fails is human beings. That refuse to obey it. Or doesn't know to obey it. That's why we preach the gospel. Okay. Now. I know that I'm saying some things that are challenging, but, oh, well, these are challenging times. How many of you have been challenged in the last couple of years? I have. These are challenging times. You ought to have to deal with some of the situations that that are brought to us as pastors. You start doing that, and then all of a sudden now... You're going to have a different perspective about it. You better give biblical answers because your opinion, your opinion, my opinion, with $5 now gets you a decent cup of coffee. <laughs> it's not about forming an opinion. It's about whether you're going to obey it or not. God's not asking you to uh, have an opinion. Right. Do you believe him? You're going to obey him. If you don't believe him, don't obey him. That's where we're at. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. We thank you, Lord, for giving us clear thoughts and accurate words to convey understanding. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for this day. Lord, we thank you. We're gonna leave here with substance, spiritual substance. And Father, we're not gonna be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we have been talking about the law of divine order. Last week, we talked about the law of divine order, uh, represented it on the fourth day. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. I want to kind of start there. Genesis chapter number one, the first law of God. And when I say law, I'm having to establish this. A law is a principle by which a system functions. It's a, it's a fundamental truth that makes the system work you remove this fundamental truth or of, the, of the system that uh, the system doesn't work. For example, uh, this week I had a little problem. You know, there was a fundamental breakdown in my digestive system. And the system didn't work too well. Are y'all following? Yes. Okay. When the system deviates from laws or principles which are fundamental to its function, you get into chaos, and it causes pain, it causes uh, disorder, and things don't work too well. I don't know about you, but I like it when my digestive system works. I don't like it when there's anything inserted into my body that causes a disruption in that system. Are you following? So, when we talk about the law of God, we're talking about fundamental principles, biblical principles that God instituted for his system to work. If they're not used properly, it's just like, how many of you know there are laws that govern electricity? Right? If you don't understand those laws, what was meant to be a blessing now can become a curse. Are you hearing that? Can now become a curse. And uh, people have died from not understanding these laws. Or, we could say it another way, taken in for granted. Okay? We're blessed every day with electricity here in America. Thank God for electricity. However, you can't be foolish with it. And that's one of the things that I think that God was talking about in the book of Proverbs when he said, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. You are to understand how this works. We see in the book of Genesis, chapter number one, that the first law of God or the first order for the function of God's creation. This applies also to what is referred to in the New Testament as the new creation when you get born again. The first law is is order. The opposite of order is disorder. So we see that that first law is in operation. The sooner you find something established in the book of Genesis, the better off you are if you follow that. Now, that doesn't mean that anybody in the sound of my voice, including yours truly, has everything together. We come to God with things not together. In fact, that is what drove us to God anyway. That's We come to the end of our stupid selves and we realize that our stupidity and madness is not going to work in a God system. Are you following me? God didn't create you. Listen carefully. He never created you to be depressed, broke, sick, and, and with contention in your home. He never created any of that. That came by the fall of Adam and Eve. They rebelled against God's order. And as they did, it it caused mankind now to receive a new type, a new way of thinking. And that way of thinking was disorder, disobedience, disruption, chaos, where things are all out of sorts. God never created... Let me see if I can help you. That doesn't mean that God's not... How would I say it? Because when, when I say that, me, people think that I'm talking about pretense. You know, you know what I mean? Where well, you can look the part, but you're not being the part. Am I making sense to you? Okay. I'm not talking about pretense because what the devil has done is make you question divine order. It's exactly what he did with Eve through the the serpent. He made her question God's divine order. There's a reason why God didn't want them eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, yet they had to take care of it. There was going to come a day in which God was going to help them to discern between good and evil, listen carefully, without personally being acquainted with evil. Okay? Now, think about this for a moment. The Bible says that Jesus, that he was filled with wisdom that he may be able to discern between good and evil. I'm kind of paraphrasing that. But that's in, the, that's in the Gospels. That he'd be able to discern it. Now, did Jesus ever do evil? Did he personally have an acquaintance with evil? Absolutely not. He never personally did any evil. Are you following? Yet, he was able to discern it. Now, God was going to give Adam and Eve an opportunity to understand But it was through fellowship of the Father and trust in Him versus experiencing evil. Everybody with that? Now, you got Genesis chapter 1. Let's look here. We're going to read quite a bit real quick, real quick because of time's sake. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Notice what God said was good. He didn't say that, he, that darkness was good. He said light was good. And it was good that he divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, I want to give you a piece of good news real quickly and just keep this tucked away. We'll try to get to it by the end of the service. During, let me say it this way. Jewish tradition has it, and this is what the Bible says, and I kind of lean this way. Others don't lean this way. But a day starts in the evening. The evening and the morning were the first day. It's go, it starts at sundown, and it goes from sundown to sundown to complete a 24-hour period. Okay? So when the sun goes down, we've stepped into a period of morning, even though it's dark. Everybody with that? Now, this is why, the way they think. The reason why it was established like this is God started creation when it was dark. Now, it makes sense. The first thing you got to do when things are out of order and you got turmoil, or if you have, uh, you know what I mean, your your room is all messed up. You ever have a junk closet? How many of you ever had a junk room? Few, few truthful people. The rest of you, spirit of lions, got a hold of you. Had a junk room where you, you hurry up and put everything in there because so and so's coming over. Okay. Or a junk closet. And, and the first thing you do in order to get that room together is you got to flip on the light. Go try to organize it in the dark. Now, stay with this for a moment. This is very, very important. Until the light's turned on, you don't understand where anything's at or where it goes. So the first thing is God wants to do is give you revelation, knowledge, okay, that's how Jesus said he's going to build his church, his revelation knowledge, yes, of who he is. That's true. But get the point, revelation, understanding. You cannot do anything without understanding. Okay? I don't care what field of endeavor you go, go, go in. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. You can go through all the textbooks you want. But until you get understanding of the material... You will never develop skill. You have to take it all out of the theory and put it into practicality. That's what God was saying here. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and his spirit hovered over that situation, and he said, let there be light or understanding there has to be a light turned on you remember years ago many of you younger people won't remember this but it used to be an advertisement on uh, tv tv and it was about uh, ford motor company and uh it was telling you about their new models and about how uh you know they come up with new stuff and then at the end they turn a the light bulb on they kind of do it like this and said, Ford has a better idea, and about that time the light turns on. Any of you older folks, many of you are not going to acknowledge that because you don't want them to know you're older. We look at you and we know you're older. Come on. <laughs> OK God has a better idea for an individual, for a family. Listen carefully. for a nation. For a community, for a city, he has a better idea. And it's better listen carefully, it's a whole lot better than socialistic, communistic ideology that has always failed. OK? There has been an onslaught of the enemy who hates the gospel to try to, number one, to destroy the family. That's the first part of a socialistic, communistic ideology. Turn it upside down. Confuse it. Are you following me? In that confusion where the devil works. Well, that went real good. Now, let's jump over to verse 14 real quick. And God said, let there be lights. Now, this is the first day. He turned on light, and he's talking about understanding. Understanding. Everybody say, Understanding. The Bible says, if the knowledge in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus made that statement. He said, if the darkness that is in you, if the knowledge that is in you, and that's what he said, if the light that is in you is what he's saying, the understanding that's in you be dark, then your whole body is full of darkness. He goes on to say that if the light that is in you be full of light, then your whole body is full of light. Well, what's he saying there? He's saying, if your understanding is full of darkness, everything you do, everything you think, all your feelings, everything about you, every aspect of you, your whole personality, everything about you is full of darkness. But if your whole life is full of light, and he says the light that is in you, understanding. So when he's talking about there in the first first day, he had to turn the light on to give us understanding. Many Christians today, or I want to rephrase that, many people today that go to church have no biblical understanding. They do not understand God or the Bible. And because they don't, they would rather reject God in the Bible and have a form of religious activity with no Power to transform the life. And the New Testament says. From that type of religious practice. You ought to turn away from that. Don't follow that. Don't follow that. And yet. We got churches. That are following it. We got preachers. That are preaching it. In reality. All they're doing. Is. Is propagating darkness. However, God's always got the light available. Amen. Now, we go to verse, verse 14. We're going to talk about the fourth day, which we've kind of left off last week, but I want to get to it again today for just a moment. Verses 14. And God said, let there be lights, plural. The other one was singular. This one here is Plural. In the firmament, that means in the, uh, the uh, heavenly atmosphere, to divide the day, in the firmament of heaven, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be for lights to the firmament of, uh, in the firmament of heaven to give light upon where? The earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. Now, we see these lights were created, put in the heavenly realm to give light on earth. Is that right? Now, notice this, they're in the heavenly realm. That is significant parallel to help us understand that God has given us the light of the glorious gospel as believers. And we are born from heaven. And being born from heaven, we're to give light to our generation because they live in darkness. Are you following me there? Now, always understand this. Darkness tries to persecute the light. Always tries to persecute it. If you think that Jesus came just to give you a warm and fuzzy feeling, you're wrong. He came to give, make you the light of the world. Let me read. We are to rule the day, and the lesser light was to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God said, set them in the firmament of heaven to give the light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night. And to divide, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. We are here to divide the light. Let me put it another way. We're here to live a distinguishing life. It distinguishes us. It's going to set you out. It's going to set you apart. It's going to make you a target for darkness. Are you following me? You take someone that's their life is full of sin. They're going to pick on you. Wow. And the reason why they're picking on you is they're trying to find out if that's real or is it a forest? How many of you, you know we live in South Texas, you know, and everybody that lives in Texas knows that the state tree is the pecan tree. Do you know how you get those pecans out of that tree? You beat the heck out of the tree. He said, Well, dear God, is God won't no, God's not beating you up. It's those that are in the dark. Because they want to know they want to know if this is true or not. Let me tell you something. When you turn the light on, the cockroaches flee. As long as the light's out, that's where the cockroaches are at. Wow. We're here to rule as believers. We're to rule the night. The world is dark and getting darker. Don't expect the world to get any better. It ain't going to get any better. But for the Christians, when, the, when the, it starts approaching dusk, it starts approaching daylight. I mean, uh, not daylight, but uh, dusk, it starts, the sun starts going down. That's when the stars start shining. And the darker it gets, the brighter the stars shine. Wow. Come on. That's right. That's good. How many of you ever tried to look in the city area and you tried to look in a clear night and you tried to look at the stars? And you see a few, but you go out there where there is no light and it's total darkness. I've been deer hunting, been left. You know, I've been told to, that it was going to pick me up right at dark and they got lost or the car wouldn't start or something. And I'm out there in the dark, and, and there's been a couple of times I was out there without even a flashlight. And it happened to be a clear, risky night, kind of cool. You look up at the stars, man, and there are billions of stars. Just out of, oh, my Lord. They're everywhere. And I'm thinking, where were they when I, when I was in the city? Where they've always been. So understand, this is our time as true believers, Bible believers, To shine. This is not the time to hide out, turn coward, lose heart, and give up. This is our time to shine because we have someone who is distinct and divided differently from the darkness. And he lives on the inside of us. Wow. Wow. Let's go to Psalms 136 real quickly. I'm going to touch on this. Psalms 136. I just want to touch on this so it gives confirmation to what I'm saying. We touched on it last week, but that's all right. You know, I find out that I have to hear things repeatedly. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry for all those that remember everything the first time they hear it. <laughs> Look at this in Psalms 136, and we'll read verses 5 through 9. To him that, w- that by wisdom made the heavens. So evidently, we're talking about God the creator. For his mercy endures forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. To him that stretched out the uh, earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. Watch this, verse 9. The moon and the stars to rule by night. Now, let's go back here just for a moment. This is a dual truth, if I could, parallel truths. That's the best way I know how to put it. That was true in the creation of the universe. It's true in the new creation. The kingdom of God. The sun rules the day. The sun is referred to as Jesus. Malachi even said it, the sun, S-O-N, will will rise with healing in his wings. The sun will rise. Say that with me, the sun will rise. rise. Now, first of all, before he rises and sets up his kingdom where there will never be any night on earth, he has to arise in his people. Okay? So Jesus is the sun that rules the day and the nation of Israel is the moon. The moon has no light of itself. It's just a reflection of the sun. But then there are the stars. The stars are many, M-I-N-I, many suns. They have their own distinction. And the Bible says that we're like the stars of the heaven. Each one has its own brightness. What determines our brightness? Our brightness is letting the light of the glorious gospel shine in us and through us. The more we pursue that, the brighter our light will be. Can you agree with that? Okay. Okay. These are basic fundamental truths but sometimes we haven't put them together. So we're we're kind of like the the stars of the heaven. This is how God establishes the new creation. When Jesus notice this happened on the 4th day. Jesus came to the earth on the 4000 year of human history. That's when he established it. His life here on earth began to establish that he is preeminent over all things. And that's when he began to establish what he's going to do with the nation of Israel. And he established the church or the believer. Are you following? Those are the lights to give lights and to rule the day and the night that's in our, uh, the darkness that's upon the face of the, the earth. Dark souls. Are you, are you following? You say, what is it, Pastor Ronnie? I'm going to get down to some very fundamental stuff here in just a second. Now, I want you to remember this faith is not reckless. And when we're talking about faith, we're talking about about God's faith, not human faith. It is not reckless. Yet, we will have Christians that will write songs, and I know they're good intentions, but good intentions with another $5 will get you that good cup of coffee. We'll have songs and equate faith with recklessness. No, when you don't operate in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, then you're reckless. How many of you have been, a, remember when you, when you, how reckless a life you lived before you had, had received the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ? So what is really reckless? Not the faith of God, but people without faith. What do you think's going on in our society right now? We've abandoned all common sense. Why? Because there's no, there's no faith in God in our society. No faith in God. Doesn't, doesn't even make sense what we're doing down here on the border. Has no, does not make sense. Do you know that those people can come across without any vetting at all? And they're allowed to stay. There is no physical screening to know if they have any diseases or not. Many of them do not, quote, wear the mask with the mask mandate. And yet you are required, if you're going to have a certain job, to be vaccinated and to wear a mask. Now you talk about insane. That's insanity. That's insanity. By the way, I'm just going to throw this out here. Do you know that heaven, you can't get in without extreme vetting? There's only one way in, too. You're not going to climb up some other way. Jesus said anybody climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. This is illegal. This is not Immigration. It's illegal activity. And if they're going to be illegal, what makes you think they're going to keep the laws when they get here? You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, now, now, Pastor Ronnie, are you just being, uh, you want ethnic cleansing? Because people look at me because I live in a white body. It ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with the physical side It has everything to do with the principles of right and wrong. We got insanity going on there. And yet, it seems like they have more freedom than the people that were born here. Now, try to enter in. Ask Trey what he had to go through to just enter in for a few days in Honduras. You follow what I'm talking about? You see the injustice? I'm telling you we've got wickedness in the White House. You cannot fall asleep with this. Faith is not reckless. Faith is not a leap. I want you to get this. The faith of God is not a leap. We've been taught and trained and sung the songs. Faith is a leap. It's a leap to your flesh, but to your spirit, it's just a walk. It's a step at a time. Did you know that the Bible says that the steps, listen carefully, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. They're ordered. They got order to them. You can't go to step five when you haven't done step one. Woo, man. The Holy Spirit's here. It's a step. The Bible says we take steps of faith. Now listen very carefully because I want to make sure you hear this clearly and get an understanding. Do you know what running is? Running is taking the same steps just at a faster pace. (laughs) So you can make use of time and collapse time frames when you pick up the pace. But you're not going to skip the step. So what we're going through now we're not skipping steps, but we could pick up the pace. Yeah. Amen. Go with me real quickly to this last place. I want to share something with you right here. John chapter 1. Oh, man. There's just an anointing here. I mean, there's an anointing on me right now. And, and, and it, it's, it's making me a little butterfly trembling. Look at this. John chapter one. I don't know if I can read the whole thing, but I just we, we'll pick up if we don't get to finish it today. But in the beginning, in the beginning, where, where, were, where have we been at? In the beginning, first law of God is order. In the beginning. Was the word and the word was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So you cannot divide God from His Word. It cannot be divided. You can't you can't be a Christian and believe that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and throw away the written word. You follow? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. Now, since we're reading the context of here of the Word and God being the same, I'm going to change just a little bit when we use uh, pronouns here. I'm going to use the noun, okay? Because we use pronouns we'd get later on in here of like him, But I'm going to use nouns instead of pronouns. Everybody with that? Okay. So let me read it together like this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the Word of God. And without the Word of God was not anything made that was made. In the Word of God was life. And the life that was in the Word of God was the light of men you cannot have the light that he was talking about until you begin to understand the word of God that's why he says in Proverbs again get wisdom and with all thy getting get understanding okay you gotta get, you've got to know where these proper things go if not, the spirit of darkness will keep you in the dark and obscurity, and help you to misplace things and misuse things. I remember one time uh, years ago when our children were little, we bought a, a tricycle to put together. A tricycle, I was about to say tricycle. I don't know if you've ever put a tricycle together, but they're pretty simple. Okay. It came in the box. Most of it's already done. You just got to put the front wheel and two back wheels on. In the instruction uh, leaflet that they gave me, they said, this is what you're going to need. You're going to need a screwdriver. You're going to need a power pliers and you're going to need a hammer. Okay. But because I had misplaced my hammer, couldn't find it, disorder. Did you get that? Wasn't where it was supposed to be. I was impatient, in a hurry, and so I thought that I would use the pliers as a hammer. I got the front wheel on, got it all hooked up, you know, because you got screws and everything. But the back wheels, guess what? This is what you got to do. You got to put it on there, and then you got a little cap that you're supposed to put on there. And you're supposed to take the hammer and tap that cap until it locks. So the wheel won't come off. I'd gotten down to that. Didn't have my hammer. So guess what I did. I took the pliers and started trying to hammer it. After a few times of hitting my hands. I started praying. And I said God make this thing go on there. How many of you ever tried to get God to make something work? I was frustrated. What should have taken 15, 20 minutes, now is getting into an hour. It got into an hour, and then finally I'm praying again, and I'm saying, Lord, why don't you make this thing go on? And he said, Ronnie, read the instructions. I read the instructions again. I said, Lord, I'm doing everything it said. How many of you as a Christian ever told God, I'm doing everything you said, And it's still not working. And he said, Ronnie, you're missing something. Go back to the tool part. You need a hammer. So I got up from there and got the hammer. When I found the hammer, it took two taps. (laughs) Two taps. And that thing went on, and I'm sitting there. Now, that may be a simple little illustration to you, but I'm trying to help you understand some stuff. So much of what we have believed and been taught and trained in has been nothing more than man's opinion because we've been too lazy to be diligent about the Word of God. We think that we can live a Christian life apart from The written word much less the, the spoken word and the spirit of the word and the person of the word living it through us then we blame him for it not working in fact I was on the verge of saying God why in the world did you have Zona buy this stupid tricycle Okay, What was she trying to do? Be a blessing to our children? I didn't care about no blessing at that time. Huh? Are you following me? It was hard on me to, to be a blessing because I'm trying to do it with my own opinions, my own way of thinking, my own laziness, and lack of diligence And it did not work. Always remember this. If it's a promise of God, it's gonna take God to fulfill it. What He wants you to do is participate in it. He wants to know are you gonna believe Him? So He'll give you a step. Step one get the hammer, the pliers, and the screwdriver. I'm not going to tell you step two until you get step one because you're going to confuse and mess everything up, frustrate yourself. That's what's going on in our society. We've had too many leaders that have been in public office that disregard God. And we've had too many people that have gone to church, sitting in the church pews or seats, voting them in continually. Then you want to know why our society screwed up. It's screwed up because the church has not understood this, that we are to be the light of this world. Amen. Now, I want to close this with this because we're not going to have time to go and read. I wanted to read through verse 17. We'll get there maybe next Sunday. But I want to make some statements to you here. These statements are going to be strong. The nature of sin is disorder. Now, you're applying it strictly only to maybe, you know, a messy yard or a messy house. It includes that. But that's not what he's, he, he, he's emphasizing. He's talking about a messy life. A messy life. Head, a messy heart. Sin came to bring chaos. That's how the devil works. He's the, called the God of confusion. Okay? And he has designed confusion where he can work in obscurity. In other words, get your attention distracted over here and do something underhandedly here. And he uses that tactic. He's he's a master deceiver. And when something has to be done in obscurity, in other words, when Congress has to pass a bill that's 2,000 pages... And we gotta pass it to see what's in it. What do you think's going on? And guess what? We voted them in. You said, Pastor Ronnie, what are you getting? I'm trying to help you understand. The church has not taken the word of God seriously and applied it to every aspect of our lives. What we've done is we used it for Sunday morning so we can have a nice sermon. If the sermon's nice, I'll be back next Sunday. There has not been any challenges in our churches. Challenges with the truth. God says, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to begin to divide the churches. I'm going to divide the light from the darkness. I want to say this to you, and I, I, <laughs> you don't own me. And you better thank God you don't own me. The government doesn't own me. I'm sold out to Jesus. Let me give you the next one. There is a price to pay for disorder. And believe me, I've paid for it many times. Sin nature will take you farther than you want to go. Make you stay longer than you want to stay. And make you pay more than you can afford. That's why Jesus knows this. That's why he came. There's a price to pay to this. Now listen carefully. Therefore, when he take, when this nature takes you farther than you're willing to go, makes you stay longer than you're willing to stay, and make you pay more than you can afford, therefore enslaving you to time, work, and expense. Let's take this same truth and apply it to something very simple. It made me stay working on that tricycle a whole lot longer than necessary. It cost me frustration, aggravation. Oh, the temptation to cuss was there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. I wouldn't have been tempted to cuss if I'd have read the instructions and followed it. The Bible says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Not a God desire, but a fleshly desire and baited. You know what I want to do with that tricycle? Brand new. You know what I want to do with it? Burn it. (laughs) Now, that wasn't God's fault. That wasn't Zona's fault. That wasn't the kid's fault. It was all my fault. And it was expensive in time and fingers. Believe me, I know about fingers this last year. You see, you, you, we must understand this. When we think that, and this is what fallen human nature, it enslaves you. where well, you can't be freed from circumstances work is supposed to be a joy not a grievous toil expense should not be something that you don't have the means to pay it's an enslavement now I'm going to close with this give you a little straight I get to tell off on Pastor Zona now and I waited till the end for a reason. Because then she wouldn't have time to get the microphone. She did it to me not long ago in Bible study. No, seriously. Zona likes to take a lot of pictures. And she'll take pictures and she'll save them. Save them. And save them. And save them. And save them. And save them. You know, one of those one of these days, One of these days? Well, she has in the last number of years started taking... I mean, she's got thousands. Not hundreds. Tens of thousands. (laughs) And what she'd do is she'd take... And I'm talking about actual paper. I'm not just talking... We ain't counting the electronic device. She's probably got 15,000 on that thing. But uh we're talking about the actual paper and she keep putting them into a ziplock and storing them back in a in a case and she decided well it's time to start putting this together now here's what i want you to see i'm using this as illustrations really good as illustration <laughs> it's time to get some stuff out that we've kept away and kept obscure. So she gets them out. First step is you got to get them out. But to get them out, she had to turn the light on to see where they were. Is that right? So the first step is turning the light on. Now the next step is you got, you got to take them out of that ziplock and you got to separate them, or divide them. The person, or maybe the event, that you're going to put in a picture album, and that's what the picture album's going to be about, then you've got to divide that. Is that right? It's the next step. Okay? Now, when you get it all scattered out there, And you got all of them mixed up together. It's confusing and seems overwhelming. How many of you have felt overwhelmed with all the nonsense for the last couple of years? What I'm telling you is God is making us as a society, as the body of Christ, to get out the stuff that we procrastinated on. And begin to separate it. And in some cases it's not worth keeping. You know there are some people that hang on to things. That they don't need to keep. Wow man. Handala Basaya. This is what Pastor Zona told me yesterday. She, She got into the middle of it. And she said. I am so. Overwhelmed what was I thinking to even start this? How many of you ever felt like that? It's kind of like cleaning out a shed, isn't it? You will dare not be invited to our house at this time. Okay? You had to get them out where you could see them and begin to divide it. There is a division going on in the world today. The goat nations and the sheep nations. Are you following this? Believer, believer, -believer. non-believer. There's a separation going on. A distinction. But guess what? We've been trained and developed. We all ought to just get along. Well, you can't get along with the devil. You're not supposed to reach across the aisle to the devil. how do you know what's of the devil? The word tells, if you don't know what the Bible says about certain subjects, then you need to be doing some study. The Bible is very distinct. There should be no division about our our border. Thank God you live in a state where you got a governor that's got some guts. Not that we don't want people in. We just want to know who's coming in. And we want to know, are they going to assimilate to our freedoms or are they going to try to take us down? Now, that's only common sense. But sin is insane. And yet, we'll have Christians go to church. How dare you talk about you? You're, you're, you're just a white man trying to be, trying to be, uh, you're just racist. That's it. Are you kidding me? How many of you are going to go home today? Unlock your doors, leave them wide open, and be comfortable at night. No, no, you can't close them at night. We're talking about leaving them wide open. You've got to leave them wide open all the time. You can't vet who's coming into your house. You can't, you can't do it. That's the insanity that's applied to this border. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, why why are you talking about politics? It's not politics. Do you get what I'm saying? It's insanity versus the order of God, the craziness of the world versus the word of God. And you should have a world, a biblical world view not just something that's contained on a building for a little while on a Sunday morning. The answer is there, but you got people that are full of rebellion that won't keep the laws that are on the books. I'll say it another way. The church has been full of rebellion because we've had people that would rather... Have a form of godliness, than to keep the word of God, and they call themselves religious. I'm saying that not because I'm mad. I'm trying to. I'm trying to emphasize this this has got to be line upon line precept upon precept that's why we've been coming back to it for the last two years about certain things and we keep laying them because you've got to get a world biblical worldview if you don't you're going to have a secular humanist worldview and you can't serve god with that worldview In fact, God told the seven churches in the book of Revelation, if you don't repent and change, I'm going to snuff your light out. That's what he said. I didn't say any of that. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, are you telling me we're that way? I'm just saying we have to learn to be spirit-led. And sometimes the Holy Spirit... Lead you in conviction to change something in your life. If you're going to be led by the Spirit, I promise you, He's going to convict you. I pray to God that He starts with you at the voting booth. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Then you got to you, listen. Same thing is true. God has a divine order with a a relationship between a a man and a woman. Notice what I said, between a man and a woman. He has a divine order. And what God calls marriage and what the world calls marriage are two different things. And if you're going to go along to get along with the world system, you will compromise the Bible. It's insane to even think that it can be otherwise. God's got a divine order and it's found in the book of Genesis. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife. That's in Genesis chapter 3. God ordained that. That's God's divine order. Now, I'm going to throw this out here. Love love me, love me true. You say, Pastor Ronnie, we need to go home. As soon as I get through, I'm going to let you go. But I want you to hear this. We throw that a curve to those that don't believe in traditional marriage, but what about those that shack up before they get married? Still go to church. Well, I go to church, Pastor Ronnie. Well are you are you going to follow God's word? God gives you a chance to repent just get it right. My God, why are you living with each other and shacking up don't if you love them, why don't you marry them? Why don't you just make it right before God? I mean, get real you're going to have a couple of kids and then a couple of kids, those kids are going to be raised up. Don't know why there's so much confusion in the house because you won't even follow the basic fundamentals of what it starts to take to start the family. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Right, God answered your prayer. Father, I thank you right now. You're not mad at any of us. Jesus You took the wrath of God for us. Father, if you're convicting any of us on areas of our life where we've been in disorder, disarrayed, confused, order our steps. Give order to our lives. Tell us what you want first step to do. Father, the first step we do is got to admit we're wrong. We admit we've messed up our lives. We've messed up society. We let society dictate to us instead of your word. We repent of that. Thank you for your forgiveness. Father, we thank you right now. That you help us Untangle the mess we've made. You're turning on light and understanding. Not to make us feel ashamed, but to help us to get it right. So our lives can be full of joy, peace, righteousness. For that's your kingdom. Your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we receive your correction for instruction that we may be furnished unto all good works so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrificial blood that cleanses me from all unrighteousness now father I thank you right now for your healing virtue thank you for your miraculous hand yes the spirit of the Lord right now there's somebody either here no there's more than one in this auditorium or through live stream There's an area of your life that's been in the dark. You haven't known what to do. You've been confused. You've been frustrated. But the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is hovering right now over that area of your life. And He's waiting for you to ask Him to speak. And if you'll ask Him to speak to your heart, He'll give you the first step. And begin to bring understanding to you to banish the darkness out of your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He's hovering, waiting right now. You just ask him. And he'll do it. He'll order your step with his word. The spirit of God wants to speak the word of God to you. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, as we leave this place today, we thank you for your favor, your grace, surrounding us like a shield, following us wherever we go. We thank you that we can hear your voice, and the voice of another we won't follow. We thank you, Father God, right now that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the authority of your name to use, which we invoke and we declare in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Say that with me out loud. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Thank you, Father, right now that you feel us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives. That every person we come in contact with, your love just oozes out and touches their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.